Welcome back, everybody. The most awesome brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 228 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars, tell a friend, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, fresh off that train, most awesome. Come on, ride that train. Toot, 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 toot. And ride it. And ride it. What's up, bro? No, no more prophetic lyrics have been written than those yeah. lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Since whoop, there <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah, it's always, it's always strong lyrics when you, like, kind of loop back to the way you just said it's like come on ride that train it's like okay and and ride it it's just like am i write it two different ways than the mm-hmm. ways you just told me to ride it like i'm feeling a little redundant like yes i'm right i'm riding the train and ride it it's just like okay it feels like you're giving me more responsibility for something i'm already on board for right <laughs> like, is what it do you, what do you need me to do on this train for yeah, you to stop exactly it? i know i'm riding it but you're telling me to ride it again was there a, pl- yeah. a spot where i couldn't ride it anymore i don't know <laughs> What's that? I am i doing it incorrectly yeah exactly is it is it too legit or is it too legit to quit i, I yeah. just want to know this yeah, are those two separate things? Are you too legit and too legit to quit? Or did you not finish your sentence the first time? You're like, too legit. Hold on. Sorry. Let me start over. I'm too legit to quit. Yes, hey, exactly. Hey. Pause. Hold on. Wait. Uh, oh, I thought <laughs> wait, someone wait, was wait, calling wait. me. Nope. They gather my thoughts. Nope. Where yeah. was I? It's I lost the, track. Uh, yeah, the too I, legit thing. Yeah, to quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to quit. To quit. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. I just feel like if you had the too legit, that covers everything. I'm just too legit. I'm too legit to quit. I'm too legit for this shirt. I'm too legit to shop. Like I'm too, like I'm just, I'm legit across the board. But now it just feels like I'm just too legit to quit. Yes. Now you've, now you put some boundaries on your legitness. I did. <laughs> you really just kind of locked it in. Just like yeah. the vertical of to quitting. You're just like, I, I'm too legit for that. Like exactly. other things I might, my legit level might but not math, be math, math. I, I might not be that legit in math. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, guys, we got a lot more than just breaking down some of your favorite <laughs> 80s. Dudes. We got a jam packed episode 228 for your eardrums. We're doing ripped from the headline. We're doing going to hit Kevin Durant's landing spot again. We're going to do the our favorite new thing. Are they the asshole? Got to mm. do Reddit for most awesome to sink his teeth into. Going to hit that inbox. Going to do Neapolitan Showdown. We're doing top Will Ferrell movies. I'm going to hop into that. Then Brandana Gambling Corner. This is segment three of eight. Today we are tackling the NFC North over unders. And then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. from the headline durant landing spot why are we talking about this week brother man because a lot of hullabaloo happened in brooklyn a couple weeks ago and now it's gotten quiet we just most recently heard uh as boston celtics throwing a little salvo out a little jalen brown some other pieces added to it the nets declined so now the great question is where is Kevin Grant Durant going to go? Is he going to stay in Brooklyn or is he going to find his way onto some other team here in the future? So do you feel like that Brooklyn, uh, the Celtics package is dead or is Brooklyn trying to just hold tight to see if they can get a little bit more or they just can't get on the same page? Cause I imagine like, it sounded like from the beginning, like Brooklyn was okay in understanding that, you know, uh, 
Jason Tatum wasn't going to be a part of it. But right. can they just not find the right the right fit with uh, Jason Williams and the picks? Well, I think really, I think really where you have to take this all back to is we talked about it a little bit with that Rudy Gobert trade, right? Like that really kind of set the market in this weird echelon to try and move Kevin Durant with all these picks and all these players, you know what I mean? And I guess in some way, shape or form, the nets were hoping to get a legit superstar, a Jalen Brown esque level player, but maybe the, you know, the falling out is, is the, the, the draft pick consideration that goes around that. I don't know if anyone's going to, you know, give you Jalen Brown plus four first round picks or five. Yes. Especially what's out there. Cause I mean, I don't know. It seems a little bit like they're trusting on. I feel like this is different if you're dealing with like um, a Kawhi Leonard, right? Where you're just mm-hmm. like, we know this guy's not going to fucking blink. Like, we don't want him sitting on the bench. Like, we might as well get something for him. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. a Ben Simmons, like kind of getting it down. It feels a little bit like the Nets almost, not even worst case scenario, but in the back pocket, like they're relying on the fact that Kevin Durant loves to play basketball. Yeah. And he'll, I would say he'll, that. He'll, he'll, he'll go out there in a Nets, a Nets jersey if they can't figure something out. And I think they're also kind of banging on the fact that uh, teams aren't lining up to like outbid and overbid. I think everyone's given, I don't want to say their best and final offer. Oh, but I, think, I think everyone's given their pretty much their best offer. So the next, like this could, isn't, this isn't an like a silent auction. stuff. they're not just like, they're not ratcheting it up. Like there's yeah. just like, it's sons is like, this is what I'll do. Cause it seems like the sons, I mean, right now they drop down to plus 600 and it looks like they're, you know, in the fifth spot to land. Right. So they can't, Kind of seemed like they fell back. What happened to the Suns all? So the Suns, the Suns, um, it started with DeAndre Ayton. Um, Indiana Pacers offer did a, a, a qualifying offer uh, that was very, very easy for the Suns to match. Uh, and so they went ahead and, and pulled that trigger. Now that throws a monkey wrench into a little bit of those dealings. And I think you know, the way that the Suns were talking, they're like, all right, well, we're just going to run it back. I mean, we were the number one seed in the West, 60 plus wins with this core group. We could shake it all up for Kevin Durant, but you know why we've given our offer. They, they didn't want to kind of budge on it. The Nets did, or we couldn't find the right players involved. So now we might just sit back and say, Hey, we're, we're good with where we're at. And I think that that's kind of the consensus of the rest of the league. It's like, all right, well, we've given you kind of fair compensation for what we think Durant will be. And we know the rest of the market or the rest of the league isn't like falling all over themselves to, to up their ante to get this, this trade done. You know? Yeah. It looks like we have, yeah, just kind of like four main teams. So you said the sun. So it feels like that trade pretty much went away, especially with your previous point that the nets want a superstar. So as soon as yeah. Aiton kind of left, it was just like Pacers gave him a better offer for Aiton. The sun's doing what's best for the Suns, especially coming out of the West. They're like, fuck it. We'll try to run this back. Mm-hmm. We'll fast on the Suns though, before we move up the list. Cause I want to know any kind of uh, the inside, if you can give us kind of reminder of what these other teams have on the table, if you've kind of heard, but before we get to that, like, do the Suns have enough? I mean, I know it's the West. I know like there's a couple teams like on the upswing, like the Clippers should be uh, a lot more relevant, like next year. Do the Suns have enough? Or are they looking for like one more piece to kind of try to run this back? Cause it seems like with the loss of Aiton, that is going to be a little bit of a hole, right? To expect to kind of walk back into that one or two seed. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they're really, aside from, Aside from Chris Paul, they're they're a relatively young, versatile team. You know, Mikel Bridges, 
Uh, obviously, we've talked ad nauseum about Devin Booker, but he's a very good regular season player. Um, so I think that they have like more than enough tools. Cameron Johnson, uh, obviously, now they bring Aiton back into the fold. And I think, you know, if they can repair that relationship between Aiton and Monty Williams, you know, I think that this is still like, by and large, this is a pretty young club. So it's like they are trending on on the up, you know, uh, as opposed to like a obviously Lakers team that's like, we don't know what direction we are, where we're going and how, how this is all going to fit. Uh, what about the Raptors? I know we touched about this is the second time we return to this uh, topic in like the last six weeks. What was it about the Raptors, Raptors offer? I know you never kind of, neither of us really believe kind of that Raptors thing was ever going to happen. Like, was there, again, is it that kind of that superstars thing? They can't really send the Nets way. Yeah, they don't. I mean, they have a, they have a young player in Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, they've got a few kind of, you know, contracts that are going to fit nicely with Durant's. Uh, and give them a couple young core core pieces, um, but ultimately it's like, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm the Nets, I'm 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 thinking that uh, there's some better players overall, top end players that I could get now, a la the Boston Celtics with Jalen Brown. Like Jalen Brown is a better player than both of those guys, you know, that I mentioned for the Raptors right there. Scotty Barnes has a little bit of a higher end ceiling, but still, um, you know, it's. Uh, it, it, it's not the most attractive piece that I think. And I, I don't know how many, you know, picks they're offering, but I don't know if they're willing to send five picks their way. Yeah. And then the last thing that's kind of on the table were the heat and they're still in the second spot behind actually Durant just staying with the nets, uh, staying with the nets is at plus two seventy five. the heat plus three twenty five. Celtics plus three seventy five. Remind us, what was it about the Heat? Is Bam involved? So, so Bam can't be involved for the, the, the rookie extension deal. And so that would be the player that would be the most likely player that the Nets would want, but they can't have Ben Simmons on that rookie extension plus a Bam and a bio because you can't acquire two players on that. So now they've got the poo-poo platter of like a Derek, or excuse me, Duncan Robinson, um, a, a Tyler Hero, and a couple other things. But again, these are like, these are, you know, fifth and sixth, you know, role player guys that are a little elevated on the heat because, um, you know, just because of the style of basketball that the heat play and, and Jimmy and Bam and a couple of those guys have kind of elevated their, their status, but, um, you know, Max Struess isn't really like the, you know, isn't really the return that I'm looking to get if I'm a Nets uh, GM, if I'm Sean Marks. So let's say Durant, just for the sake of argument, does end up landing with the C's. Do you like them in the East over uh, over Giannis and the Bucks, or do you still like the Bucks? So if we kept, obviously, you know, I love Robert Williams. If we kept Al Horford, Marcus Smart, um, they added uh, uh, Brogdon. Let's send, let's, send, let's send Marcus Smart also. Let's say Marcus Smart was yeah. in that deal too. So, smart, so, so, so that Smart's off. Yeah. And so then we've got, we've got, um, we've got, you know, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you've got Tatum, you've got uh, Derek White, who I also think was originally in that offer, but you know, you've got, you still have a good like core team, a team that you brought right to the, uh, to the edge there uh, in, in the finals and, and had a moment where it's like, all right, this, they might be able to, to give the Warriors a, a, um, you know, a chance to, to, to actually, you know, beat them and, and win the title. So I think if you put a experienced two-time um, finals uh, MVP on that team with the Jason Tatum, 
with some of the other, I mean, I think they really, they, they got to become the favorite, right? And if you, you remove yes. the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, but you back him up with a Mel, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, which is, I don't want to say exactly the same player, but very similar style player. Uh, and yes, you, you get rid of a Jalen Brown, but you upgrade with like one of the most lethal one-on-one scores, mid-range can shoot the three really versatile uh, offensive threats way more so than a Jalen Brown. Um, yeah. I, I, you got to think that this is a much better team. So I think the macro, the last thing I want to touch on is, you know, Jay or um, yeah, Jay Silver, right? The commissioner. Adam commissioner? Silver. Adam Silver. Not Adam Silver. Yeah. Jay Silver. Um, Jay Silver. We had him on the pod. Listen, <laughs> go to his YouTube racing thing. <laughs> Adam yeah. Silver. Move into there. Um, so he's kind of like hinting at this player empowerment, like not loving players, just kind of especially like right after they sign that deal or a year into it, like kind of forcing their way to move themselves around the league. Do you agree with that? And if you do, like, what do you know the league need to give up to kind of have the players a little bit more locked into the contracts they signed and staying in the cities? That's an interesting. I mean, it's it's part of the reason why they rolled out the supermax and why you know a the team that drafted you, you know, have, we have bird rights and we have uh, basically we have the team that drafted you, the team that's invested the most in you early on in your career has an advantage, right? I can offer, you know, more money on a max deal than, you know, you signing a free agency deal somewhere else. So is, is it, is it that simple? Like bird rights is just like, you have a higher like max that you can offer a player than any other, the other teams. Yep. Yeah. And that, but, but here's the thing is, is I don't think, I think when they rolled that out, they thought, well, this will make, you know, the most sense. Like, all right, well, I'm getting an extra $50 million from this team. Uh, I'm going to have to think long and hard on that. And, and I think some players it's, you know, a good, a good um, thing to try and hold them in there. But I think ultimately if they're not winning, they don't feel like they're, they're they're putting the pieces around them a lot i think a lot of players are way more concerned with their legacy uh that doesn't mean that they're doing anything to change it i don't want to say it's like oh well they're striding and all be the best guy but i definitely think they're more focused on their legacy you know what i mean like i think about like guys like charles barkley or like reggie miller guys that are like they understood like the teams that you know like a reggie miller it's like all right well this team invested everything. I played 18 years here. It's important for me to play for one organization and be committed to them because they were committed yep. to me. I don't know if like a Reggie Miller in today's era, like has that same sort of loyalty to the team that drafted you. It's almost like, well, they drafted me because I'm the best player that's out there at the spot that they're at. So they picked me, you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily know if it's like, Oh, well, they took a chance on this small kid, you know, from, from nowheresville and, and made me a millionaire. I, I don't know if there's the same loyalty in this. So I don't know if the, the hook on the back end is, is that I can pay you more money and that's going to be the thing that's going to keep me there. And it's kind of like the mob mentality, right? Like it used to be, you know, if you left a city, like, you know, just the general like fandom of all the teams mm-hmm. would be like, Oh, it's kind of like, Oh, this guy, it's not loyal or anything, but now that everyone's doing it, there seems to be a just like, yeah, we'll see where Kevin Durant is in like three years. Like it's just kind of a bit do. So money didn't end up being the incentive that they thought it would be. Is there anything else to like incentivize these guys to stay? Oh man. I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I don't really like it all. It already sounds like the momentum's gone so far to like the, the player side and they like it. Like it's hard to see like why they would want to give up like, any of this freedom 
Yeah. I mean, especially when you've got agents in there that know the interworkings of the salary cap and, and have multiple players on different teams and have relationships with different general managers. I mean, the, you know, the constant, like, you know, information, you know, gathering that these agents do, I mean, they know a lot of what's going on, so they control a lot of power. And so it's important for them to get the players that what they want, you know what I mean? It, regardless of, you know, what, what, what's good for the league or, or anything like that. So there's a little bit of that going on as well, too. Uh, you know, you almost wonder if it's like, if there's a way that they could incentivize, like, for example, like a golden state where it's like they drafted Steph, they drafted clay, they drafted Draymond green. You know what I mean? Like they've, they've given them opportunities here to keep their core as much as possible you know, and um, and I, I actually Draymond Green's kind of like angling for another extension for like three yeah, years for like one hundred seventy million dollars. Um, but it's like that's one of those ins- that's insane, right? That's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. But it's also like you know, you got to you know, it, it, you're making so much money on on this thing. It's like, is it is it really that crazy? I know I'm not yep. worth that, but I'm worth it to the Golden State Warriors, the fan base, and everything like that. But it is a lot of money. It's insane. Um, but it's one of those things. It's like, how do you, like, how do you continue to provide young talent to a good team? Cause that would be the only way that I could see that it would be beneficial for these guys. Like, in, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, how do I, how do I get, like, how do I get them a, a chance at the lottery pick every, every so often to get like a young guy in there to develop and, and grow? Yeah, you're right. It's like, you're helping me see that the problem isn't like, I think it used to be, it's just like, Oh, to get guys to stay, we need to, you know, empower the franchises to find a way to be flexible with their cap to make the money offer. But that's still with the premise that like money is the incentive, right? Right. And that incentive is not working. So it feels like even if we can get like, you know, if you have the same three core guys for like three years after that, like whatever you get, like, you know, doesn't count, like doesn't hit for like 10 million or like 5% of the salary gap. You can even like get that thing, but that won't change the fact that like Kevin Durant wants out of there because it's not working out with fucking Kyrie Irving. Right. Exactly. Does so it bother, does it bother you? Go ahead. Go no, no, no. My question. No, 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 no. What were you going to say? I want to hear this question. Does it bother uh, I'm me? I was going to say like, uh, does it, yeah. Does it bother you that it has very much like a fantasy NBA feel to it? You know, like a fantasy league where you're almost hitting the reset button, like every three years and just shuffling around the players it bothers you or are you yes it bothers me for the young ma's out there in the world right the the guy you know (laughs) what i mean (laughs) yeah but no it does it does bother me a little bit because you know like i grew up and i i remember watching like pistons basketball and having like a few core players in and out every year that you're like these are our guys when we let rick mohorn go it was like brutal to me when we uh when we brought in uh, we traded Adrian Dantley for Mark Aguirre. That was a huge like trade, but something that needed to happen. And, uh, you know, I do wonder where, like, I do think kids these days are way more going to be like invested in a, in an individual than a team. Like, I don't know if there's too many kids that are golden state warriors fans out there, but I bet you there's substantially more kids all across the country that are Steph Curry fans. That are like, and if Steph Curry was to leave yeah. and go to the Minnesota Timberwolves, he would buy, they would all buy Minnesota's Timberwolf Steph Curry jer- jerseys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't like that I picked the one franchise that I struggle to say the name. In I that just love I love I was just like, I can't tell if he's fine. 
fuck with me. I just love it. It's like team of wolves. <laughs> team of wolves. But yes, uh, I was like, fuck, why did I pick that team? I could have so picked any, I could have picked the Jazz, the <laughs> easiest team name to pronounce. Why did I pick that team? But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. And, and like right now, Donovan Mitchell is like, you know, kind of pushing his way out of Utah, speaking of the Jazz, and looking to go to the Knicks. And everyone's super stoked. The Knicks are really stoked. But like, you know, are our kids going to grow up and be like, all right, well, I'm a Donovan Mitchell fan. So wherever he goes, I'm a Kevin Durant fan, wherever he goes, I'm going to follow. And it's less about the teams. That's the thing that that really kind of bums me out because I um, I don't know if you're going to get like a like a, 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 a history versed NBA like yeah. follower. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. And, you know, it's a kind of doubles down on the bummer, too, is the fact that you know, like as soon as we got the one and done's like whatever, like 10, 11 yeah. years ago or whatever, we lost that in college basketball. So just that whole, like watching a team build and get into that year five and to feel that like we climbed the hill, like this is the payoff. Like it just doesn't feel the same. Like you're talking about, you know, like I remember watching that Pistons team and what was it like? Oh, Oh four or whatever. Oh five. Yeah. I don't know. Just like the, the way they assembled thing. It was like, that was cool and fun to watch and gain momentum. And it just kind of feels like, you know, it's all of a sudden, you know, this Durant trade is going to change like who the favorite is like, just, just like that, like right overnight, it's going to be like his, you know, it's third team and like fourth team in his career, you know, like in his like, yeah, ten, it just seems kind well, of, it, it, it's the same thing with, it's the same thing with, with LeBron too. It's like, you know, drafted by the, by the Cavs. We love the story, you know, Akron, I promise the whole thing. Right. Then it goes to Miami and it's like, all right, well, I get this. He, he has the right to do this. He can't be the burden, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to wait anymore to, um, to, to, to see if the Cavs will surround him with the right players. Cause he was dragging a bunch of scrubs to the finals and, and, and he felt like he was, his time was being wasted. So I, I understand a little bit, then he comes back and it's like, all right, well, I really wish you would just, you know, all right well i got my i I went off and i got my experience in miami and i came back to cleveland he wins the title he does that that's great uh and then it's like all right well then i'm gonna go to the lakers now why the lakers well now this one's for me because i'm really worried about like my career post in uh you know uh branding and marketing and i want to become all these other things and it's like all right well this kind of sucks you know what i mean (laughs) like this kind of blows it kind of pulls at the fabric of why we like get super excited about watching the nba there you go a couple of your old old bros coming in guys it's our hot take shoot us an email uh, let's know what you think it may be sports <laughs> podcast at gmail.com let's hop into this inbox why is it so special um please each of you rank the top three choices number one being the most important reason why sports are so great and popular here's your choices community camaraderie or pride history or nostalgia uh the topic is very easy to talk about among strangers gambling it's very media friendly. The competition or game itself, athletic amazement and achievement, or any other reason you can think about. Top three choices why sports are amazing. So let's just go, let's go number one. Like what, what is the reason we what is the reason we love sports the most? Um, I mean, I think it was one of the latter ones. I think competition, right? I mean, I think for yeah. me personally. I, I love it. I love the, you know, it's why the, why we detest like, you know, the Astros and, and baseball and the whole cheating scandal, you know what I mean? And yeah. some of those things and why we, why we get, uh, you know, 
you know, on people about, uh, you know, testosterone and steroids and baseball. It's it's why it's, it's why we got out of, you know, like the WWE or WWF, you know, like as like a 12 or 13 year old, you're just like, what, these are fixed. Like, I can't believe it. And just Mm -hmm. like that just natural feeling of just like wanting to see, like, there's nothing else that's like, even, you know, eventually you find out like unscripted TV is like scripted somehow, you know, like this is just the true, like, don't know what's going to happen competition, which gives so much weight to like that, buzzer beating shot because that's just like real life athleticism like 100 agree yeah i mean there's there's nothing more dramatic than you know watching a march madness game coming down to the buzzer you know what i mean there's nothing more dramatic than game seven you know and it's a pitcher and a, and a batter dueling it for you know bottom of the ninth who's gonna win and you yeah. know it, so many moments in that are way more exhilarating pull you out of the seat and and the funny thing is, is, you know, more often than not, we don't see it happen. We don't see the, the Homer, or we don't see, we see the guy strike out or somebody fail or, uh, you know, grounds to second and it's very anticlimactic, but every time that that happens, it's like the first time we ever saw something like that. We're on the edge of our seat and it is, is real and, and, uh, fulfilling when it does happen, when we watch it. So the competition is, is, is bar number that's the best thing about sports yes the stuff that like happens that feels so unbelievable that it went down like that like it feels scripted like the chiefs beating the bills you know like in that like just marching down the field like in that fourth quarter like tire whatever sitting over like that just that feels made up like it just feels like because it's just so crisp and it's happening like in the moment you know like the the ray allen three or whatever it's just like that run to the corner he's just like there's no way this can go in and you're just like this is absolutely incredible Um, i'm i'm gonna take off the list i don't know your opinion on this but athletic amazement and not because it's not amazing but i just i feel like i take it for granted so it wouldn't be on my list just because i'm just like oh i'm watching professional athletes like this is and i'm not saying it's right but i always kind of overlook like I'll give it up for an amazing catch, but I don't think I really like, it doesn't sink in like what it takes to actually do that. Or it's like yeah. so unachievable, like Jordan dunk, dunking from the free throw line that I don't even like, it's just like, I'm watching them. Like it's a different species. Yeah. yeah. There is, there is something where we become like, you know, just numb to the fact that, you know, in, in the Olympics, you know, Vince Carter can like steal a, an outlet pass and then dunk over a seven foot two human being in Frederick Weiss. And it's like, it's, it's a crazy dunk. It's probably the greatest dunk of all time, but you like, you don't even process like all that's happening in that moment. You're just kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah, it's almost, you could probably, I think you could almost lump in athleticism somewhere in the, in the competition, because we do know that it is like, these are not only the greatest athletes in the world participating in, in the sport. They're, they're some of the most like competitive athletes in the yeah, world. So it's not even about yeah. being like, you know, the, the Kobe Bryant. It's like, it's not even that I'm the, the best athlete. It's I'm also super competitive about everything that I do. Exactly. There's there's reason I'm not following like the local Los Angeles, like middle school football circuit. Like I do like to see the sport like done and it's like, it's apex. Like I still want to see those like great athletes. Um, And I'm sure like you have number, I want to retweak one because I feel like it'll show up in your two or three, which would be like the history of nostalgia. Cause I know you pride yourself on your stats as you should. And that's a lot of fun. My two spot real fast. I'll talk about is uh, I do like 
I like the camaraderie part of it. Like I like, like, it's just, it's a great pickup conversation. It's, I mean, it's the reason this podcast started and existed. Like I'm sure a lot of like, you know, our first conversations are just like guys sitting around like the, you know, there's just they're watching the football, like getting it together, like the fantasy football thing. Like that's all tied in. Like, I just, I, I like, it's hard to picture life without that. You know, like we have text threads dedicated to different sports and it's just like for that to not be there, just be like, uh yeah so anybody watching that new bear tv show <laughs> like that, that would be it, like, it'd be about it. <laughs> yeah it's it's so funny too it, and it's 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 all encompassing all the time i do appreciate i i'm glad you brought that up because i think that that is a very good number too because there's like even when we talk about some of the guys that listen to the pot uh, the, you know there's there's whole bars dedicated that are not in lawrence kansas that are for when KU plays, this is the bar that you go to. So there is that like communal aspect of, of, you know, watching sports and, and digesting it as a group that are all kind of like together. There's a very like tribe mentality of it, but I even, you know, I was even thinking about it when we were just, when we were on the train and we were, you know, killing time, it was like one of the fun things that we were doing was like, all right, name this quarterback. Who's this guy? You know, it's like, yeah, there's there's something and that'll kind of segue into my number three which is the history and nostalgia of it like i love i love the history of the sports i love to find out about you know and and this is the one thing the reason why i love college football is like we have all these rivalry weeks in these you know and the the little brown jug you know game with between minnesota and 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 michigan and it's like well why did why is this the way it is it's like well because in the early 1900s like when they're playing football, they didn't have these like, you know, you know, elaborate training facilities and, and trainers, they had a fucking Brown jug where they all communally drink from water from, and uh, you know, it got left behind one, one game after Minnesota, after the Minnesota game. And it was like, then they started an argument. Well, that's our Brown jug. You know what I mean? And now it became the Brown jug game. And it's like, I love this, like these history of, of how these rivalries get rooted in sports and that's why college football to me is is so exciting because you have the egg bowl, you have the apple bowl, you have all these bowl games that are like surrounded in these like little weird, like, in a, you know, idiosyncratic kind of like developments between these two universities. And it's, it's really fun. And I love reading about this. Yeah, that's awesome. I thought it'd be an emergency. That's kind of funny. We uh, lined up exactly the same. I'm sure people would be like, oh, like gambling is probably at least in your top too, Brandon. Uh, I find something else to gamble on. Everybody relax. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I mean, I do like there is that'll make a game exciting. <laughs> uh, I do, I do like the history. Like I like the stats of it. And I know like mm-hmm. you're a stat head and stat machine, but like I just I love the idea of being able to like cross compare like different like generations. You know, like just have that hang up there. Like talk about like you know like uh, the touchdown record and just like, you know, Mahomes like chasing it, like all that stuff, like the yardage record, like yards from scrimmage, like kind of, and it gives you just kind of an idea of like how the game like is adjusted, you know, just kind of like seeing Jerry Rice's, like you always talk about like his like reception record and just like how crazy that was, especially then it's just like, it just helps put like the game in perspective, which makes you feel like, you know, when you're watching a record be broken, much what we say in the competition, like you, you can kind of feel the weight of all this like history and achievement. Yeah, I mean, if it's even for next season, I think LeBron has to average, I think, 16 or 17 points a game um, in order to beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time like scoring record, which is an insane accomplishment to think about like how Kareem did it and how LeBron is doing it. It's such a wild thing to, to, to think about that he's 
so close to doing it. And it's such a testament to like longevity and scoring ability and all these, and, and the ability to like adapt his game. Uh, it's really quite amazing. And that's why, yeah, stats are, are so like integral into how guys like us, right. That started watching sports when we were in our teens or, or younger now can sit there and go, okay, well, this guy reminds me of this and here's a little reasoning why behind it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that Great is question. the top three. And then I would put, I would put gambling constellation bracket. Yeah, quick console bracket. Number, number, number three B. Yeah, you got to shout out a little bit. I know you guys had some money on that. Um, all right, are they the asshole? Here we go. My, uh, my uh, I think I have a subject on this. Oh, uh, am I the asshole for not inviting my dad to my wedding, even though my fiance wanted me to? Hmm. You're going to have fun with this, bro. All right. Uh, my, my, I'm a 24. 24- four-year-old female fiance he's a 49 year old male that's Uh-oh. she's a 24 year old female. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. this is gonna come up later you want to pay attention to this he is a 49 year old male all right my fiance and i are getting married on, uh in march we've been together for five years now and had three beautiful daughters together age four two and three months yep uh, we've been engaged for two years now but i've kept pushing our wedding back because of covid and then my latest pregnancy so there's been a very long overdue event by now my father does not support our relationship and hasn't since we first told him that we were together he and my husband used to be golfing buddies and worked in their industry together. So they've known each other for a long time. My dad has never liked the idea of us being together because of the age gap, because I didn't tell him we were together until I found out that I was pregnant. I understood at first why he would be upset, but I thought he would have come around by now. He's ever met any of his granddaughters uh, and has just seen pictures that I send him on or post. He checks in every now and then to make sure that I'm well. And basically that's it. When we got engaged, I set the original wedding date. I called and told him about it. And he really just hung up on me. We haven't seen each other in person since before COVID. And I really do miss him, but he's made the choice to basically go no contact. My fiance really wants me to invite him to our wedding, but I don't see why I should invite someone who doesn't support our relationship. So am I the asshole for not wanting to invite him? Interesting. Interesting. Um, you should invite your dad to your wedding. Yeah. But it doesn't, cause it's almost one of those like empty invitations. Like I, I said that I invited you, even though I know the guy's not going to show up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's this like, it's crazy a, story. yeah. Yeah. This is great. We're going to move on from this thing real fast. Cause the, the heart of the problem with this fucking story ain't this wedding invite. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that right, right fucking now. Um, right. Yes, to answer this question, you're going to do what you want to do. Um, go ahead and send the wedding invite. Now, let's talk about your piece. Yeah, burn, of burn the 40. Yeah, burn the 49 cents. Yeah. It, it'll be fine. You'll yeah, come out winning. Go. So, that one. so let's, let's talk about this, guys. Okay, so they have, he's 49, she's 24. They have a four year old, uh, two year old, and three months. So that means, um, Something started at the latest when she was 20 and he was 45. Here's what I've done. Like, no, 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 no. That, it, it, wait, she's 24? She's 24, 24, yeah. She's 24. They have a four-year-old, which means right, right, right. nine sure. to 10 months before that. Yeah, I thought maybe it's just like right at maybe I just turned 20, Mark. Maybe the math still check. Okay, maybe it doesn't. <sighs> I, we don't know where the birthday is. I mean, yeah, maybe. Ju- I mean, just barely. I, maybe, on their, maybe on her 20th birthday. She could be drinking. So you can't blame alcohol. So he's, yeah, he's 45. She's 20. The thing that sticks out in this is the fact that they were friends before. The, this piece of shit was like scheming on his buddy's fucking like, like high school daughter. Yes, this is, this is insane. The golf buddies 
in fucking sync. Yeah, you got called. Yeah, it was just like before they even got together. So it just means like they were friends, like they worked together, like in some industry or whatever. And this guy was just like this, like the dad is. I mean, that's I. I feel bad for the dad because that's a really shitty position to be in. But the overall macro yeah. thing is this: like fiance guy is a piece. Because you know, yeah, because you know he's he's not. I mean. He's probably maybe a little mad. Not, I wouldn't say it's hard to be mad at your daughter. He's pissed off at his buddy. That's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're fucking my daughter. Right. And I get it. Like, they're going to get married or whatever. Like, I'm sure there's like, it almost has like a little of like election vibe. You know what I mean? With like, you know, you remember election? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Or the the two buddies. It's like, what are you doing, man? It's like, I love her. It's like, get your fucking yeah. shit together dude like what are you talking about yeah and now you've got four three kids which that's always a pain and i'm sure it, it it's got to be tough as the dad you would you would hope that the dad would be the bigger man about it like all right well they're gonna get married that he couldn't be like i can't believe this piece of shit like stole my baby girl um but yeah i, I don't know is this is this guy is her fiance was he like the the cad that was like hitting on like the beer cart girls all the time and like i mean i mean it fucking has to be has to be right this guy's did you you have like anybody like in your orbit when you're in college or whatever like just like some girl that was like in the friend group or something that was just like dating a dude like twice her age remember we just had like this one girl that was all of a sudden like i don't i think we had went on like one or two like had drinks and all of a sudden like within like two years she was like married to like this 50 year old dude she was like 23 and she had like a kid on the way and it was just like what yeah it went down it yeah we i don't i don't remember well when when dr mrs commission was in vet school i remember this one guy who was substantially older than one of her classmates and i just remember like looking at this dude being like the fuck is your problem you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. what are you doing like he you are two decades difference between this young woman and granted, she's, you know, she's going to become a veterinarian or whatever, but it's like, you know, it's like you're too old to be hanging out with these kids. I'm only here. I'm too old. I'm only here because my wife's in vet school. We're like a decade older than everybody, but yeah. you're, you're substantially older than me and you're hitting it like with hitting on this like young girl. It's like, this doesn't, this is not right. Like you got a good look, not a good look, but listen, listen, you urban Myers out there. Just get it get it together yeah get your shit together <laughs> um all right neapolitan show to bring us to the jam so let's leave it alone because we can't see eye to eye there ain't no good guy there ain't no bad guy there's only you and me and we just disagree Paulson showdown best will ferrell movies you will ferrell head bro i do like me some will ferrell what about you uh, that's good uh yeah i think there was definitely i mean i had it written down here i mean there was a time where it was just like his comedy like was the apex yes know? and i'm sure we'll get into it when we go to the movies we're not doing anything specific yet but i mean just like kind of saturday night live just exploded on the scene especially when saturday night live needed it like you remember yeah. like, we had lost like kind of who we grew up with at the, you know, it's funny. Somebody brought up a great point. This like everyone's favorite Saturday night live cast is like, it just happens to line up when you're the age of like, you know, like 14 to like 17. It's just, yeah, like, high school. everyone's just like, yeah, that was my, yeah. yeah so it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, but like all those guys, like uh, David Spade, Chris Farley, obviously like 
Mike Myers, like kind of all those guys that we had, like Phil Hartman were kind of phased out. It's just like, what's next for Saturday Night Live? And it kind for of sure. seems like Saturday Night Live does a lot more of a, just kind of a, like a whole restaff up, just, you know, like every generation or so, they're just kind of clean house. And then, you know, Will Ferrell started getting on the scene and it was just like, wow, it's just like, I can't, I can't wait for this guy in, in any sketch. Yeah, yeah. He was single, easily became like the best part of any sketch. And you can just like go down the line, even like some just one-offs, right? It's like this guy is consistently funny all the time and is willing to go for it all the time. Yeah. There's like, get off the shed. Get off the shed. <laughs> get off the shed. <laughs> get off the shed. Um, I sent you that knife guy thing too. Did you see that? Have yeah. You see that? yeah. Have you seen did you see that before? I've not I've never seen that. No, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, you're both in there. Um, all right, bro. Who do you have in your number three slot? There's a lot of good. Now the movies are tough too because, like, oh yeah, I want to ask you this too. Yeah, did you do best Will Ferrell performances or did you do best Will Ferrell movies? I did Even movies. Like I, did I did movies too. So just yeah. movies that he happens to be in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. it, it probably like lines up, but it'll make sense when I get to my console bracket because my third slot was hard to fill. But it was just like there's one performance I like a little bit more, but there's one movie that I like more overall that I don't that I would put the other performance above, but I have that in my three. Yeah. So my, I put my three here because early Farrell, um, I think it's still probably one of his best performances, but there are so many other great performances in this. I'm going to go number three. I'm going to go old school. Old school was my number three. Yep. Is it good? Yep, yeah, it's because it's more ensemble. Vince Vaughn's unbelievable. Even even Owen Wilson is or not uh, uh, Luke. Luke Wilson. Thank you. They're all f- equally fantastic in it, and it's great. And uh, but I love fucking Will Ferrell in this movie. It's great. Yeah, Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. It's so hilarious too because it doesn't have a happy ending. You know, like he just <laughs> right. gets married. Is how he opened it up, and like he never like reconciles with his wife. Like they just decide to be divorced. Like he's not ready, so he just kind of like totally leans into just kind of like this frat boy thing and just like yeah. back up to his old. Aunt it's great. She's like, "Oh, happy birthday!" By the way, it's like, "It's <laughs> did you forget your birthday, Frank?" It's like, "Oh yeah, I did." <laughs> it's so funny. Keeps trying to give the toaster back to the people that got him. You're you're my boy blue, like super quotable. Yeah, that was number yeah. three. I guess I'll mention my con. So I know we usually save it for sure uh, in between two and one, but it was Zoolander. So I, I went back and forth yes. between Zoolander and old school because I love like oh Hansel, he's so hot right now. Like I love the whole like Will Ferrell kind of performance in that. A little bit smaller of a role. Yep. And then also like. Zoolander didn't age for me as well as like that's not rewatchable for me now like old school is like I had old school playing in the background like two days ago like while I was working everything like that's still like oh like so fucking great yeah yeah and uh, to me Zoolander is more like quotable you know what I mean like he has one look you know what I mean like I love I love that and I love saying I'm a merman pop but I don't (laughs) know if I would watch it for like just the like you said the background of it you know what exactly I mean? yeah 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 now that you kind of go back like you're right it's quotable but it's also you kind of see like it's it just feels like a super like extended sketch you yes. know what i'm saying like with all these like little kind of mini sketches in it where like old school is still uh kind of there all right uh number two spot what do you got my number two on all these yeah uh, we might we might i don't know i think our one number ones are gonna be the same but my number two is talia dagan knights give me some ricky bobby uh- <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Talladega Nights. Uh, Robinson Raisin. I don't think I've seen this all the way through. Pitch me on Talladega Nights. So I haven't seen all these, like, 
I know it was kind of a, a vertical for Will Ferrell to like, you know, to team up to have that one partner, like maybe the John C. Riley character, like we saw with, uh, I think, Ben Hader or whatever in Blades of Glory. Like this kind of like seems to be a little bit of lame to his. Like I missed out on all of these. Like what, what makes Talladega Nights? Talladega Nights is great because it is full, like it is full uh, Farrell and John C. Riley like riffing kind of before their their apex which we'll get to but riffing playing around like having fun and it's under the context where ricky bobby is just like the most like american you know fucking race car driver there ever could be if you're not you know if you're not first you're last and shake and bake and you know not just his unruly kids i piss excellence i piss i wake up in the morning i'm just piss excellence and then he's like <laughs> talking he's like I, I don't know what to do with my hands you know what i mean it's a really good funny thing and you know the whole pit crew is really really great as well too um i love it i love i love there's a lot of it, the tough thing about that one is is there's a ton of great outtakes in that too so sometimes i forget like what made the movie and what didn't make the movie you know what i mean yeah tons of great outtakes if you watch like the the dvd it's great because yeah, uh, who directed uh, those? Aren't I think that's Adam, Adam McKay. McKay. Yeah, I think that's Adam, Adam McKay. McKay. Yeah, because yeah. they love doing that improv stuff, which I'm sure again we'll get to our number one. Yes. But let's see. Okay, uh, my number two is Step Brothers. <sighs> Step Brothers is very good. Did you watch Step Brothers? I did watch. Yeah, I, I, I see some. So it took me a while to come around. I don't think I watched it. So I think Step Brothers is. I don't know. I kind of got overlooked in the theaters. I remember that, and just kind of it like we said, like it wasn't in this typical, like kind of Adam McKay. Um, I think it was like John C. Riley, like really starting to, you know, that Wolf Ferrell, John C. Riley relationship, like we we're talking about, like yeah. strengthening and seeing that. Got every look, but it really kind of felt like it had this second wind. And it's almost like, it just, it looked really gimmicky to me at first. And I was just mm-hmm. like, this is sticky. And I hate to say it's like, you know, it's it's the thinking man's Will Ferrell pick, but it's just kind of like, <laughs> it was behind the scenes. And if you watch it, like it's just like it's great performances. Uh, soup, like it's just it's really funny. It's got that um, what's his name? Ben, uh, the guy from that's starring in Adam Scott. Oh man, Adam, yeah, Adam Scott. Thank you. That really helped yeah. me because I was not even getting close to any of the references of the references. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I got Adam Scott's hilarious in it. Like it's yeah, he's unbelievable very, in that. It's yeah. like I just smoked a J in the backyard. In the, in the backyard, like yeah. you want to, you want to punch me in the face right now, don't you? <laughs> it's like it's yeah. So, yeah. he's so fucking good when they hug, when they embrace, and they're like, yeah, trying to like wrestle with each. It's so fucking good. I love. Got this Ron Ron Riggle. It's just like bow, yeah, bow. It's like the cattle Catalina wine mixer. God, yeah, it's just exactly. Like, it's it's a good hang. It's yeah, it's it's really fucking. It's really fun, <laughs> funny. Um. Yeah, we I love I love I love uh in there it's like if we're singing in the car, I love like saying to Dr. Murphy Commission be like twelve hundred dollars for music and you were coming in flat. I guess I'm gonna have to save <laughs> save the performance, you know what I mean? We got Honey, Dane Cook, pay-per-view, 30 minutes. <laughs> so good and I, you're gonna get me watching that tonight it's yeah great. it's so funny um uh so i i i think we're gonna miss on our number one because stepbrothers is my number one. Oh, nice. which means oh. which means 
Oh, you could block me. Going for the block. I'm going, you got to get, it's got to be Anchorman, number one. Oh, yeah, it's Anchorman. Man, we haven't blocked in a beat. Exactly. Might only be the second block ever. Ooh, I, well, if, if only someone would ever keep stats on this. <laughs> yeah, one of our loyal listeners out there, just go ahead and trudge through the 227 before this. I think I've taken a shot and missed at a block. I think you've gotten one, but nice block down. I did. Thank you, sir. Set my, yeah, I got a little. A little too big for my britches. So that's exactly. Good, I was like, I was like, how are we going to score this if only number two is different? But uh, yeah, yeah. So I think you talked about why you love Step Brothers. And obviously, you win with my negative one million or whatever we made it. Uh, <laughs> right. My negative four Mavi dollars. Uh, what is it about Anchorman that has it on the outside looking in for you? I think to me, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like it almost was like too popular, right? And I actually, it's so funny because I just watched this again. It's really fucking funny it really holds up but i didn't want to be like basic bitch anchorman number one because <laughs> you know what i mean because i do everyone sure. was gonna say anchorman and it is very good you know what i mean but uh but i give me give me the deeper cuts give me the talladega nights over you know what i mean nice you got it, buddy. That was deserved. Um, all right, most awesome victory with the Neapolitan showdown rare block negative a million. All right, Brandon, the gambling corner, bring us to that jam. I'm ready to move on. NFC North segment three of eight. We are cooking through this, but I feel like with my, I might have put us behind a little bit yet again. Getting through the remainders that we have with this, we'll be we'll be close. We have all of August. I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to be good. All right, all right. You sound confident. I like that. But let's focus on today. Uh, NFC North. This has both of our favorite teams. Um, Weirdly, I'm usually higher on the Lions than you are. This is true. Like going into it. Uh, just overall this year, uh, the NFC North, how do you picture it playing into just kind of that NFC picture? Like, do you picture kind of a couple teams have a chance to come out of here at the playoffs, like a little younger, getting older? Like, just how do they fit in as far as like difficulty of division? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this is very much like an average division, but I mean, obviously, we've got the NFC West. Um, you know what I mean? The South is still going to be pretty competitive. Well, you know, I mean, basically mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I put them in right there with like the NFC East, you know what I mean? It's like, I think yeah. there might be top to bottom a little bit better. So are yeah, they this a little better than the East? Yeah. Yeah. So are they the second best division? You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think the, the bears are going to be the worst team in the, in their division, but the, the Vikes will be competent. We know the Packers will be all right. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is a decent team or a decent division. Did you see Aaron Rodgers showing up looking like that Nick Cage thing? The Con Air? Yes. I do like that he waited to drop that after your birthday. I felt like that that was, he gave you respect on your day on May, on Monday, and then came in on hot on Tuesday. I, I did like that he passed like that. It did. I'm going to be honest. It felt like a little fuck you to me. Like he was just like, all right, now your birthday's over. Like attention back on me. I would have loved like, to, oh, you think he, you any, think you think he did it intentionally to you? Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh. a thousand percent, thousand percent. Like July twenty sixth. Come on, like get out of here. Like it just yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I see. Happen. He was like, oh, I'm quick. Yeah, 
Yep. Yeah. What happened is like, he saw my birthday was on the 25th, saw the Instagram photos. And he was just like, that's right. Fuck this guy. And he was just like, what can I do? And then he started just like, I, it, it did feel like a little birthday present to me though, to see that because like, I like when there's just a little twinge of Aaron Rodgers just trying a little too hard. And that definitely had just that a, was trying to try just a, a little. There's just the hint, like he thinks he's being funny. The same thing with like that belt and everything. There's just like just a little too much. It's a little too much, which makes it great. Why? I don't understand. I don't understand the like camp entrance. What's 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 the deal with this? I, I, I don't I don't I don't get the well, tie in between the the reference. Yeah, I don't I don't get the I don't get the tie in at all. Like I was wondering if you thought maybe. He's just kind of like, he's kind of a dorky dude, which honestly, when we peel it all back, like, I, you know, like, uh, not a fan of Aaron Rodgers at all. Like, we, oh, we, you're not? It's clear, but yeah. Yeah, let's, okay. get, that. let's right. get that on record. Good. But okay. do, do you feel like he was out? Uh, I was wondering if maybe this was like a little bit of a chess move to like, to distract the conversation from like, here's Aaron Rodgers with that contract, you know, dispute that or like wanted to leave, finally got it settled, like lost his top receiver, like fuck the league over, like on this, covid bullshit he was trying to spin and like got the mvp like lost his fiance do you feel like he was just like man and maybe i can just like you know go straight to go and like pass all that shit and just like by wearing this like now we're just talking about like silly Aaron Rodgers again do you think there was man. like any like just trying to like skip that shit i do think they're just saying there seemed like so many fucking meaty aaron Rodgers headlines and then we're just like oh man that's a tucked in wife beater and then like that's <laughs> right exactly. we all just moved on with our lives he's like yes it worked thank <laughs> god, god. god not this podcast aaron no, uh-uh i'm on to your game um yeah i mean maybe there could be something to that or maybe it's just like are we in such like this like eternal content loop where it's like everyone's like we got to do something for this we got it we got to, you know aaron you got long he kind of look and someone's like you kind of look like nick cage and he's like fuck you and then he went back and like that'd be funny if i was nick cage yeah 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 i mean there's definitely like him trying to show that like his he's ready to play his spirits aren't busted and like that like you just can't let anything go by him like that hall of fame wide receiver thing him and like him and Devontae adams must have not been on the same page like they must have been like Oh, they had to be okay with like the exit, which is so weird because yeah. I picture Aaron Rodgers would like fight. We don't have to run that back. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know what? We'll sum it up. Uh, fuck Aaron Rodgers. There we go. So we got back to where <laughs> we did. All right. Yeah, there we go. What Woo! team do you want to start? All, all's right in the world now. Okay. Very <laughs> Ooh, good. That was a close one. All right. Um. Well, let's let's get the pack out of the way. Let's get let's get it out of the way. Let's get the Ooh, pack. Go out up there. The okay. Um. Get right so to it. Again, Aaron Rodgers going through another one of the those um quote unquote transitions i mean obviously happier with the head coach not a lot of weapons there at all like dare i say like the least amount of weapons he's had offensively walking into uh, the start of a season but still it's the packers uh still it's the yes. nfc north which everyone else gets you know the shit into the stick especially when it comes to the packers i don't i couldn't go like too high insane on this Ugh, i'm gonna move it in a moment i'm gonna go 11 wins you nailed it look at this you nailed it, B. You nailed it. I looked at this. I said, it. I said, not give me nine and a half because that's where I feel like realistically this is like a 10 and 17 because of those things that you mentioned, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is back, but who the fuck is he throwing to? We've got yeah. Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, their draft pick from FSC Divisional North Dakota State, who could be very talented. I don't know. 
uh, Amari Rogers from Clemson, a fourth round rookie or third round rookie last year. Uh, Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada, just real quick, making some head, headway, a little rookie wide receiver. Uh, but then, you know, you know, you've got their tight end action, Tanyan. I think he's coming off an injury, right? So it's like, who are there? Who's going to be catching the ball from the reigning MVP? Is this going to be? Now, I was looking at this. Are we going to see a run heavy? Green Bay Packers kind of like early on until he starts to develop a little bit of rhythm with these cast of, you know, these, these con air, you know, rap scallions <laughs> that are out there. It's great. Great. The Green Bay con airs. Uh, yeah. Maybe we've seen this before, right? We've seen Aaron Rodgers isn't afraid, like in a good way to lean on the running game when there's not a lot of weapons yeah. there and try to establish that. So it's not like he feels like he has to come out there and, you know, make it all happen with his arm, which is, you know, just kind of, so we might see those numbers dip a little bit, but still, you know, with this Viking team on the come up, like, I mean, that definitely feel like the Lions is probably like the steepest weight heading up. I feel like 11 wins is hi i know this is a lot of this is kind of like one of those america like the public loves betting on the packers over yeah. like they love like root for them 11 is too high i'm going to put two mavi dollars on the under because still a 10 and 7 with a squad would still be super respectable and I, I still that still has me safely with the other and 11 gets you a push so you win 12 12 games to lose this go 12 right. and 5 12 and 5 right the 13 and two 4 Mavis last year other. Two, two, 13 and four last year with Devonte Adams. Devonte's got to be good for a game and a half in this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go to the Bears. The Bears. New coach, defensive coordinator from the Colts, Matt Eberfluss, coming in there. We got, uh, you know, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, yeah, new coach. I mean, the Bears just super forgettable. Yeah, since the dawn of time. No, I mean, actually, you know, yeah, they're good since 1985. Yeah, um, this is hard. I didn't know how low to go on these. Like sometimes I just give teams a little bit like respect, but there has to be like a bottom somewhere in the NFC, and this Bears team has to be pretty fucking close to it. Yeah, I would say uh, so. It's it's. Yeah, it's hard to scratch anywhere below like four wins for a professional team. Uh, I have them at five and a half. Close. DraftKings has got them at six and a half. I just double checked. But I think that's like one of those things where it's like they're not with 17 games. It's like I think five used to be the low. I think now everything's getting ratcheted up like a half game game. You're right. I just just had six and a half and I changed it. But yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. New coach. I, I think that their offense might just be legitimately one of the worst in all of football. Looking at it, I feel bad for Justin Fields. Uh, I wrote that in my notes. feel bad for Fields. Um, <laughs> probably one of the worst wide receiver groups uh, in the league. Worse than the Packers. I, I really like Darnell Mooney, but uh, I just don't I just don't know what he's gonna what he's gonna be able to do. I know Cole Kemp, uh, Kemet is, is, is out there, their tight end. I think offensive line is really bad. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm excited for Rokon Smith, although he's holding out for a new deal, but cause Rokon Smith might be like the Darius Leonard of the bears. Uh, he might just be do everything, all everything linebacker for the bears in, uh, Everfluss's yeah. defense. But yeah, this team, I had six, this is a bad yeah. team. I mean, I, I hate rooting for the under on this, but you know, 
how do how do how do you how do you see seven wins on how do you see seven eleven with this or seven and ten with this team? Yeah, I didn't think it'd be a surprise. Man, this is what we're talking about too. Like, like you said, feel bad for Fields. Like, is this kid's career already over? You know what I'm talking about? It's just like you like a QB walks into like this shitty situation. It's just like, why can't we look out like in Jacksonville? I mean, obviously Jacksonville had like the number one overall, but like just get like like that San Francisco start or something like, it's just like, it yeah. sucks. So or Pitt, even Pittsburgh, man, it's just like walking into this like bear situation. It's just like, it's going to be fucking rough, man. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you said six and a half. I don't know. I just, it's a stay away from me. Yeah. I'd stay away ultimately just because I hate rooting for the under on this bad of a team, but yeah. you know, somebody's gonna have to go three and fucking 14. So the bears are probably going to be that, that team. It'll happen. Yep. All right. And there are two. Let's go with my Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, I think, you know, finally people are sniffing on to my bed, even though it's been wrong like fucking four years in a row. But uh, Lions will do that to you, baby. It will. I think this line's probably a little bit higher than it needs to be from the public love on it. I think they really want to hit it. Uh, I still have it as slightly a losing record. I have the over under at eight wins. DraftKings right now has them. I had seven because I'm the eternal Lions pessimist. DraftKings, six and a half wins. This is crazy to me. Six and a half? Six and a half. This is what what they do. This is what they do to you. Yes, exactly. You can do this to me. I'll give us the rundown of what we're looking at new this year for the Lions team. Uh, new, obviously we brought in, uh, DJ Chark wide receiver from Jacksonville. Can kind of throw the deep ball? Uh, we've got our boy, Aiden Hutchinson out of the university of Michigan. You got one Jamison Williams, a fantastic wide receiver, although his knee is rehabbing. Um, you've still got Jared Goff. The offensive line is, I'm telling you right now, B, is the best young offensive line in the NFL. Oh. This is the best Ooh. offensive line in the NFL. No doubt. Uh, Jackson, Sewell, uh, Rangau, uh, Taylor, Decker, uh, Havati, blah, 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 lots of vowels in his name. Big boy. This is a good team. Uh, DeAndre Smith, Swift, Jamal Williams. Offensively, I think this team is going to be much improved. Three and three, final six games of the season, 500 ball. Here's the big you know, X factor. The coach, a friend of the pot, email him. We need to get him on the pot. He would this, fucking do it. Dan Campbell would, would do it. it. Yeah. He would do it. I love Dan Campbell. I'm all in on Dan Campbell. Um, he started calling play, he, he, Yeah, he started playing. He started calling the plays toward the end of the season. Jared Goff had lots of improvement. They moved on from Anthony Lynn. Uh, that didn't work out. The biggest question right now, Brandana, is is yeah. is this the the back the linebackers and secondary are they going to be good enough? Right, I, I don't know. I mean, right now, pass rush they got a little improved on. You know, Alan McNeil is good. We got Hutchins in there. We'll see how he does. Uh, linebackers weak, weak, weak spot in the linebacking core. Secondary getting a little bit better, but not great. Um, they're, the defense is the offense is going to have to win them some games this year. This year, because yeah, I, I don't think the defense is going to be great. I think that's the rub, right? The rub is like, yeah, you don't feel confident with Goff has the ball, two timeouts, like a minute thirty left on their own twenty-five. Like, 
down by five, being able to march them to a win. Like you just uh, you yeah. feel like sick to your stomach in that situation. And he's gonna have to do that. You know, like when when the defense is kind of your your weak spot, you're and people are kind of like flowing through there, then you're gonna be have to put position to win a game. So it's it's bummer. I've never done this though. And I'm gonna do it. Maybe call it chasing a loss. Maybe just call it believing in Dan Campbell and them lions. Oh, sauce, I'm doing four Mabby dollars. Four. Four on that over six and a half. This is this is when you just continue to double your bet at the blackjack table. <laughs> you just keep fucking all right. Just it was two Mabby dollars. Now I'm doing four Mabby dollars. Yeah. I'm trying to recoup yeah, those yeah. losses. No, yeah. I- <laughs> It gets to like 2026. We're still doing this. And I'm just like, most awesome. Never been done before. <laughs> 2,500 Mabby dollars. <laughs> this lion's over. Over three wins. I really, I'm feeling this season. They could do it. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up with these Vikes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get it. Oh, we, oh you doing any Mabby dollars on the line? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm matching you. Let's go four. Oh, sweet. I'm, yes, I'm all please. in. I'm all in. Six and a half. How many, how many did you say on the Packers? You, had, you said two on the under or one on the under? Two on the under. Yeah. Two on the under. Two Mabby dollars on the under. Staying away from the Bears. Four, four Mabby dollars on the over on the Lions. Man, we're fucking in on yeah, the Lions. Like, Let's go, Dan Campbell. 50% of our kitty on them. <laughs> uh, all right. Bikes, uh, I feel like a little overlooked. Like I, if it wasn't the Packers and if everybody wasn't so in love with Conair, Aaron Rodgers, Con Rodgers, yep, uh, then the Vikings would be getting a lot more love. And really, I think seriously looked at, you know, finishing as a one seed in the NFC, especially with uh, everyone gets excited about the Cowboys and they're always like inflated by like a win and a half. Um, anyway, next I'm, I'm tap dancing around it. I have the Vikings at. 10 and a half wins. You love your Vikes. I had eight and a half. Just put right in the middle. It's a nine. They had a nine. Nine. Too high. Uh, okay. So, the, I mean, that's still new coach. Of, okay. New coach. New coach yeah. Right? But I think that's Udon? a fucking good thing. Yes. Go Definitely a good thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Mike uh, Zimmer, we're done. That. We were done with Zims. Sure. Uh, I think the offense is going to be real fucking solid. But here's the thing is, is like, Kirk cousin is literally Mr. 500. Like the guy is, as even Steven as anything, like not too many wins, not too many losses right there sitting at 500. Yeah. I think he was like quiet. Like I, I got to look at, you know, kind of breaking it down. And I know you can just break down a season and make the stats look and say anything you fucking want to, but yep. he quietly looked. What's that? Sure, yep. <laughs> you can. Yep. Confirm. <laughs> Confirmed. Okay. It, he quietly last season looked like he was a little bit more consistent than I'd seen in a while. Like there's a little bit of, didn't make me feel like a little bit of that Jimmy G thing, which maybe we'll get into the next podcast. Cause I know uh, we go back and forth about that. That'd be a healthy topic here yep. in August, but there was, um, I don't know. It, it didn't like Jimmy G, you know, like feels like plateau. I don't think he's quite plateaued. And I thought that Kirk Cousins had plateaued, but I, I feel like he, a few things kind of clicked in place. And I think now with a new coach, like looking towards this offense, like plenty of offensive weapons, like really could be cooking with some fucking gas. Yeah. Uh, came from the McVay, uh, Kevin O'Connell came from the McVay coaching tree, uh, yeah. offensive coordinator, but didn't call the play. So now this is his first time calling the plays, but I think obviously scheme wise could bring some of those things over the defense switching, from a three, four or two or three, four, excuse me, really good linebackers. Uh, they, they made a concerted effort in the draft. I think like five of their first six picks were all defensive players. So like, they're trying to like load up on the defense. 
Um, nine is that like, I mean, it's nine and eight. This, I, yeah. I can't, I, I mean, it's asking me to bet. You're asking me to bet. Yeah. You're asking me to be to, to bet like more than 500 on Kirk cousins right now. It's tough. I'm doing it. I don't want to poo poo my Vikings toot on your Vikings toot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that. You're came in all hot. You put four baby dollars on my lions. Yeah. I feel like good. now I feel like I should give you something. I don't want you to light your money up. I think we can both be pleasantly surprised again. You know, it's funny. It's like always bet the opposite too. Like, right. I don't need to have any money on these Vikings if they end up winning the NFC North. Cause that I mean, that puts them pretty fucking close to being like the one or two seed, not that the fucking yeah. two seed matters anymore. Uh, nine. I feel like that's a little low. I'm not going to touch it with any Mavi dollars. Give us a quick, uh, you want to put any Mavi dollars on the Vikings? I think you, you know what? You made yourself hurt. Yeah, we'll just move on. You made it loud, loud and clear. Last <laughs> thing I want to do is see buck, you fucking 50, 50 cents, like hammer 50, this, cents. <laughs> seeing you hammer this under would just be like, <laughs> what a great bonus. Oh, I yeah. just recap real fast where Mab, where Mabby dollars went. Uh, in this division, two Mabby dollars on the Packers under four Mabby dollars a piece on the Lions over. Everything else, great. stay away. We'll wrap up. The NFC next week with the NFC North still hanging out there. Or no, uh, sorry, the NFC East. Guys, it may be Sports Podcast episode 228. Thanks for listening. I know you've heard us in a while. We're catching up. We'll get those pods back. We're going to yeah. pod at this one place and then something happened. They're going to pod at this other place and then something happened. We're yeah. back. We'll get We're back. We're All good right. for it. Are we good for it? We're good for it. Yeah. MVP of the week. Um, obviously, I want to thank, uh, just had the best best 40th birthday of my life gotta holler that out i'm a boys bar, 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 got on the train bar, 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 bar. also i also want to give a, a shout out to stacy madigan and chris wheatley both friends of the pod have they been on have we had wheatley on the pod yes we have yep. okay, yeah. yeah no no, no. yeah he yeah. was actually in both. my he was in the brandana suite when he when he uh did the podcast he was visiting that's right that's right that's right i remember uh yeah so both of those uh friends of the pod have birthday around mine too so i want to wish them a happy birthday yeah also, bro. MVP, who you got? Ooh, I got uh, the train gang. What up, train gang? What up, train gang? Train gang. All aboard. All aboard. Hey, can we, uh, people listening, can we can we hint a little bit at Mab League? I can edit this out. Just Mab League season three. Can we say it's coming? Thank you. Of course. Okay. It's, it's your pod too, B. Of course. All right. You it's can coming. say whatever you if want. You guys, and you, and you have full editing powers. You got you, you, you <laughs> I do, control. I, do. I can take it out. I can, I can, can have put it back in. thoughts. I can, can edit out that mabby dollar spot about four mabby dollars on the lines all of these like in my control i can do anything guys thanks for listening i am brandana why don't you sign yourself off most awesome hey any of you fucking friends of mine that are out there stay away from my daughters you fucking pieces of shit Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Uh.